With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 23rd of October. It's right in the middle of the week, Wednesday, 2019. It's hot in Southern California. This is usually the hottest we get before the weather changes. And I think we're going to have, like, fire danger again tomorrow. So keeping my fingers crossed for this area and for everybody's area, actually. It's not just one person involved here. It's everybody. But, wow, it's such a crazy wild card about living here. So today, this topic, I almost didn't want to do this show because it's such an off-topic topic. However, I've seen people with this, and they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And if we just talk about it, we can start to see maybe why within ourselves we're so different when we're in a relationship than when we're not. And this is one of the reasons. Why do we treat the love that we are looking for in a relationship as an enemy? And at first you'll go, I don't do that. But after listening, there was a couple of women just in the past two weeks. One of them wasn't sure that the person she was with for as long as she was with them, over four or five years, that if he asked her to marry him, that she would. And that's a tough place to be. Because by the time you figure that out, you've been with them for a long time. And now what do you say? But in reality, that's the whole point of dating. It just took her a longer time to figure it out. Had they been married, this would have felt like she was trapped. No fault of his, it just would have felt like she was trapped. And then little bickering would start. And then it becomes big bickering, then they do something big enough to warrant a reason for divorce, and then they do that. Otherwise, one of them just says, hey, this is the way life is, and they go on, and they don't take it out on the partner. But this is a little different. This is truly being scared of love, being uncomfortable with love, because love can leave us. I know that sounds crazy to say, but people 
who have lost a parent, have had parents divorce, have had parents remarry. This is becoming a much more common thread in their lives. At first, they don't see it, and they think, you know, wow, that was like crazy relationship right there. Wow, I, I really like that person. Why don't I like them anymore? And it's a, a complete contrast. It's like you like them, and then you love but hate them. Everything they do bugs you. You have to keep coming up with rules. You have to keep reassessing what he does, she does. There's discomforts when things are going well as opposed to when things aren't. Because when they aren't going bad, you feel like you're getting the anger out from the injured love that has not been addressed. You don't want to leave, but you don't want to stay. So there's that push and pull. One day you love the person, the next day you hate the person. And you just feel fit to be tied. You're just unable to rest when you're with someone. You rest best when you're alone because if you leave anywhere, you still have you. As weird as that sounds. So what does that sound like in the relationship? Well, how could you do that to me? Don't you love me? Why are we together? Stop nagging me. We start using these words, questions, insecurity. And what is it about love, not us, love, that makes us feel entitled? Speak to the person we chose to be in our lives like they are an enemy. And some people, you keep attacking them that way. They're going to fight for you, fight for you, fight for you until they can't fight for you anymore. And then they're going to have to leave just to save their own sanity. So what's really going on? And how? And I know this is going to sound like so Christ, but it is. How do we go back to the fork in the road with these feelings of deep fear of love but wanting it at the same time and repave that road with love? Because there is love there, but the fear is so much bigger that it comes out in constant fighting. When you hear about couples, that they say, oh, you know, we're doing great, but we fight a lot. They're used to fighting because they're used to the buildup. And then they are used to the argument part. And then they are used to the cooling off part. And then they are used to the making up part. I had a girl sitting in my car. That's how close she was to me. And I know a lot of girls that are my daughter's age. So they're either friends or her or people that know them that ask, 
for my time. And this one, we went out to lunch, but I drove. I picked her up, and I was going to drive her home. And she was sitting in my car, and her boyfriend called. Mind you, they bicker all the time. I did not know or was aware of the fact that they just had a big blowout before I came. I just knew there were blowouts, and we were talking about them, but I guess she was too uncomfortable to talk about that moment. So when he called, I heard them talking. I could hear him through the phone. And I was mouthing to her what to say. So as she was sitting there, I said to her, say, we are better than this. So she said that. And I think it shocked her that when she said that, she really believed it. She knew that she was better than that and that he was too. And it was almost like you felt the um, all the junk that was in the air go away. And then it was just like air. You could breathe. And then I had her say, I don't know why we are fighting for ourselves this way. So she said that, and he said, I don't know why either. I think we need to talk to someone so that we can hear ourselves. He's like someone like who? He's, you know, because guys get really scared when you bring up therapy or another person being involved because they always think for some reason that they're the ones that are going to get in trouble. But then I had her say, because I want to fight for our relationship not myself anymore. He did not even know what to say to that. And that's a good thing. Because these words come from love, from caring, from growth. Because I really had to think about that kind of anger that comes up that subtle, sneaky little anger that shows up in our voices when our partner does something that we're maybe not crazy about, maybe it crosses us out or whatever it is, that we just don't walk away and give them their space. Why do we have to comment and complain about so many things? Ah, you always do that. Well, instead of, hey, you, you always do that. So I know that you're going to do that. Instead of waiting for it to happen, just to find another situation to gripe in. Griping is like, just when, when it's you, you don't see it. But when you're with someone who's doing it, 
like a couple. And they get so used to it, they don't even know they're doing it in front of people. And then they roll their eyes and they look at you like, oh, yeah, I know you understand. And you don't. You understand, but you don't at the same time because you know that they're better than that. So what's, what's going on? Yes, they are uncomfortable with love. And the other person happens to be the person that's representing love to you. And sometimes the newness, like being in a relationship after being independent and strong, and, and then you start to view the relationship as a weak point now in your life because no one can predict the outcome of a relationship and you don't have the trust that you will be okay, that this person will never leave you. So you almost force them to leave you by beating up on them emotionally. So again, how do we help those of us that fear the loss of our partner to the point where we drive them crazy? So the first thing I would say was to resist impulsive behavior. Impulsive behavior, commenting, being a life commentator on every single thing this person does and why they do it. Just resist the impulse. It may shock the person. They may not even realize you're doing it right away. And then they'll realize for a few days that nobody was narrating their lives back to them and only choosing the things they didn't like that you did over and over again. Think about that one. Resist the impulse. Because now it's such a habit that it's almost weird if you don't do it. But really, don't do it. Really don't do it. Because it will change the trajectory of how you trust. Because now it's not the other person you don't trust, it's yourself. You're scared. A part of you, if you've seen a disillusion of a marriage and you weren't so young that it wasn't normal to you like it happened while your family was in the middle of being a family, you do get scared of people leaving you because you've seen it. It becomes one of the possibilities becomes one of the realities. A lot of children who act out and go into that world of complete rebellion towards their parent, one or the other, it not only happens after the divorce, but it even deepens after one or both of the parents go on. If the parents fought in front of the child and the child witnessed, a lot of the destruction. And then they feel left out. It's like one day they have a family and the next day they don't have a family and they have other new people involved and their entire routine will never be had again. 
and everyone just says, well, you're the adult. You do what's right for you. The kids will be fine. But no one took into account until we've had such that, that I want to say, divorce boom in the 90s, in the late 90s, early 2000s. There was kind of a boom that went on. It's like everyone realized, holy cow, I don't have to say. But those kids got affected deeply. And why parents fight in front of kids and don't know better till this day is a mystery to me, but they still do it. And then the kids, like, they go to such an extreme to get their share of the attention. And it's not by being better, it's by by hurting themselves, hurting the people around them. And then when they get into relationships, they choose destructive people. It's almost like they're hurting everyone to show them how hurt they are. But when you talk to them like this and say what I just said to you, to them, I don't care how tough they are, how mean they are to their parents at this point. They can hear that because they know it's true. An injured love, why do we have anger? Okay, so we know that injured love is anger. It's behind our anger. But the anger acts as a protective, warm blanket in a weird way. Because now no one has protected me, so I need to do that for myself, and I need to fight everyone before anybody reduces me. So you get in there. And instead of thinking the other person thinks they just got into a marriage or a relationship, the injured person just got into a ring, a boxing ring. And they're up for the fight because that's going to be their arena to play out all the unspoken words and feelings the words that they heard and the feelings that they had that weren't heard and the little things that went on in their minds when they were alone, when they were so young that they were just so scared, like, oh, my gosh, my mom and dad aren't going to be together. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Am I still going to have breakfast in the morning? Is is someone still going to pick me up from school? I mean, And when I come home, who's going to be home? And, you know, it's a really scary feeling for a young kid. Those are things that they never really had to think about before. And now they have to think about them because one of the two of their parents is not going to be there anymore. And that, that moment, those moments end up defining what comes out of you every time you find yourself in a relationship. In the beginning, you're nice and you're easy. You don't even know it's coming, especially the first time. You're normal. 
You want to take care of them. You want to love them. They want to take care of you. They want to love you. Everybody's on the same page. But then when it gets really close to the point where you saw things that were normal to your family and you start seeing them normal there, now what kicks in is, oh, my gosh, what if this is gone? And in a weird way, our brain wants to test that. So we start pushing buttons. And if the person stays, we're like, oh, wow, they they love me. They're not leaving. But then things get good again, and then you get scared, and you push a button again. Oh, yeah, well, they still love me. Okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. So when you see or hear yourself or other people being button pushers, they are protecting themselves through their anger, which is really the injured love because of the fear of loss of a partner. So how do we fix it? How do we fix it? The first thing you need to do is really ask yourself, is do I really love this person? Because as we fix it, these things have to be put on the table. Do I feel I am with the right person? And if you feel you are with the right person, and that's been answered, because if you're not, then you, you need to dissolve the relationship because it's not fair to either person. However, in most cases, the two people want to stay together. So if you believe you are with the right person, you need to face your fears of loss. You need to look at the fact that what if I lost everything and everyone I knew? That question that Christ always asked me, who would you be if everyone you knew didn't know you? And see yourself still be okay. Because then the fear of loss feels like it's something you can do. You can handle it if it were to happen. And that in reality, the chances of it happening aren't really that high. They're not any higher for you than they are for anybody else. But for you, they're like at 99% in your mind. And for other people, it might be at 50% or 20%. It depends on who's in the mix. And if you're at 99% and your partner's at like 20%, that's a huge variance. And usually when the variance is that high and the issues with the person who's uncomfortable with love isn't, you know, caught in their tracks and nobody helps them, then the variance is going to be so high that the one who wants the 20% or believes in the 20% is going to have to, at some point, they're going to get worn out and they're going to leave and they're going to go back out and look for someone who believes in the 20% without realizing that that's what they're doing. 
So how do we take the person that's hurt? We really have to do those exercises of going back to that pain, loving, hugging that child, reassuring that child that somebody else's decisions and problems had nothing to do with them. They were of no fault. They were not in the way of the marriage. They, had, they couldn't have stopped that divorce whether they were born or not. And that they are, they are okay today and they need to be celebrated for having gone through that and made it to the other side. Because to them, they were in a battlefield. And the war never stopped. And they have to know that there was an end date to that war. At some point, if the parents are healthy enough, and in most cases, breakups are a little bit different in this day and age, thank God, where it's, you know, at least most people, if they just aren't in it for the fight, can come out standing. And there's enough love for that child instead of a fight for the possession of that child. But the divorce, the passing of the parent, the remarrying, all of that needs to be addressed with that person, not as an adult, but as the child that experienced it. Those feelings because they were not acknowledged in that time, can be acknowledged now so that they're not out just filling a hole, but understanding that they have a partner, another person just like them with a bunch of feelings just like them who also wants to feel good in life. This is a very tender topic because for some reason, the kids don't get put into the equation on emotional injuries during a divorce. It's all about the parents. The marriage was all about the parents. The fights were all about the parents. The anger was all about the parents, and the divorce was all about the parents. If one of the parents passes away due to an illness, that child, depending on their age, may have felt abandoned by their parent because they don't realize that the parent actually couldn't help what happened, or they may know, but if they're in the family and they want to be, you know, the family still, and the mother or the father replace the other parent over time, sometimes really soon, depending on who it is. If it's a woman, it takes longer to heal. But statistically, for a man, after the death of a spouse, it's usually about six months. Not because he didn't care about his wife, but a lot of times when they have children, They really don't know what to do. So they're more open to going on 
and marrying again and having that feeling of family again. And they really believe in their heart of hearts that they are providing for their children. And they're great husbands because they only know how to be a husband. And for somebody who, you know, gets along with them and they met and there's, there's a sense of community and family between them, that, that means a lot. But the child doesn't look at it that way. The child looks at it as, who's this new person that's coming in? And, oh, my God, they got a bunch of new rules, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, you know? Again, nobody pays attention to what's happening to the child. And that child is going to grow up one day and have a relationship themselves. And everyone just thinks, well, that will just happen. And they'll be okay. But we know better now. We do need to take care of each other's emotional well-being over and above anything else we may have or not have in life. Emotional health, brain health, heart health, whatever we want to call it. Every soul needs to be heard by the people they live with because those are the people they see and they measure their levels of security and anger by. Nobody outside could do that as easily or as quickly as the awareness within a family. You guys, my time is almost up. I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday, but thanks for bearing with this show. This was one of those shows that it just starts getting into the psyche of our children, but our children become adults, and then we have relationships, and then we need to navigate in life. So thank you for listening. I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.